Welcome, you're listening to the rest of the sermon, a podcast where we dive deeper in content and conversation of last Sunday's sermon at Westside in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. For more information, you can visit our website at westsidepb.org. Welcome back to the rest of the sermon on this fine Wednesday morning. Well, it's Monday when we're recording, but you're listening to this on Wednesday. So welcome back to the rest of the sermon. We are continuing in our journey through the series, New Year, New Family, seeing what it looks like to maybe set some new groundwork and biblical perspective and action in our lives when it comes to our family. We've covered everything from singles and wives to husbands coming up to what marriage is and what marriage isn't. And I'm very excited to talk this morning um, an extent of our, go a little bit deeper and talk about the rest of the sermon and the idea of singleness being a gift from God that is to be stewarded well. So I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and then we will get rocking and rolling. 1 Corinthians 7, beginning in verse 25. Now concerning the betrothed, I have no command from the Lord, but I give my judgment as one whom by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. I think that in view of the present distress, it's good for a person to remain as he or she is. Are you bound to a wife? Don't seek to be free. Are you free from a wife? Don't seek a wife. But if you do marry, you haven't sinned, and if a betrothed woman marries, she has not sinned. Yet those who marry marry will have worldly troubles, and I would spare you that. This is what I mean, brothers. The appointed time has grown very short. From now on, let those who have wives live as though they had none, and those who mourn as though they were not mourning, and those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing, and those who buy as though they had no goods, and those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it, for the present form of this world is passing away. I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord, but the married man is anxious about worldly things and how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and in spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord." Thanks be to God for his word. I have a special guest with me here in the podcast room at Smart Space and Smart Marketing. Thanks again. Shout out to you guys for the podcast. Molly, Hi. how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. Now, there's there's like a there's a juggle here. Like, I don't know if I should call you Molly or if I should call you Melody. I answer to both. You answer to both? <laughs> there was a, I had a friend, I don't know if he's my friend, but a guy called me Taylor all four years of high school and I just never corrected him. Oh, well, <laughs> so, yeah, that's a little different. <laughs> yeah, I want to make sure that I'm not doing that to you, but the Molly, Melody, I'll call you Molly. That's an endearing term. I like Molly. How We love Molly. How's Molly doing today? Molly's doing great. It's happy, what, single awareness day. Yeah, I did not realize that this would fall on Valentine's Day. I know. It almost, it almost drives it home even more. Um, happy Valentine's Day to everyone who is out there with love and without love. It is a time to celebrate the good things and the friends and the family that we have around us. So uh, so we've been talking about New Year, New Family. This Sunday was, <coughs> excuse me, this Sunday we were talking about singleness and sort of unpacking a biblical view on what it is and maybe even what it isn't and what the culture says that it is. But before we get into that, I want our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. So I would love for you to tell, as long-winded or as short as you like, how the Lord save you. Well, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So 
I doubt you were even a thought at this point. Um, <laughs> I, was I, think bo- I was born in 88. <laughs> yeah, okay, you weren't even a thought. So I believe it was third or fourth grade, okay. and people came to school with these tickets. Yeah. And these tickets would get you into this crusade that is okay. um, at First Assembly of God, which is now yeah. Bluff First. Yeah. So. What's a ticket? It was just a little ticket. What's, what's school? I'm too young. Like I've never heard of these things. <laughs> I'm just and people teasing. People were bringing tickets, oh, you know, great. to get in, and I was like, "Well, I want to go." Yeah. So I got there, and we were sitting in their their congregational, you know, space. And first of all, I thought that's weird. They're letting little children in here. So yeah. what are they thinking? And <laughs> then the second thing was this: the whole key was bring people with you every night. Yeah. Now here's the key: if you took the tickets and people showed up. You got to go up front. Oh. Yeah. So I was going to go up front. Okay. So? Now, was that a sought-after thing in younger years? Because now, like, nowadays people are like, I don't want to be up front. Like, well, sit me in the back, I please. think I was just attention-seeking at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just put it that way. Okay. I was going to win, and I yeah. was going to bring the most people, so I did. What I haven't told you yet is that why did I want to go up front? Because there was a beaver in a costume. <laughs> Named Bucky Beaver, Kids Crusade. <laughs> and if you brought people with you, Bucky Beaver would give you like a Bible track oh, or a pencil. All right. Or you got to pick from, you know, whatever to yeah. get a toy. Um, totally missed the fact that Bucky Beaver was talking about Jesus. But <laughs> anyway, if you can imagine the biggest, like, you know, the hamburger from McDonald's yeah. you know, or Grimace in a beaver costume <laughs> talking about I'm Jesus. I'm scared now. <laughs> yes. And um, so finally on Friday night, I was like, well, I brought all the people. I've got all the toys. You know, I got to pick this candy, all these things. But yeah. Then they started really talking about Jesus and why were we there? And my heart got convicted. Yeah. And so I was saved at Bucky Beaver's Kids Crusade. All right, baby. let's go. That That's great. Now, later on in life, I will admit, um, at 27, I yeah. had been walking with the Lord pretty much like I would say a lot of people, meaning when I needed him, I called upon him, Yeah. but I was busy in college and high school doing what I wanted, and <laughs> yeah. it was okay because I was going to live this really long life, right? And Jesus would just <clears throat> deal with me later, so yeah. whatever I did, he would deal with. And so I was married and I was young, and I walked into um, Vineyard Christian Fellowship in Plano, Texas, All and right. they were playing a song. That's near my old stomping grounds. I know. Yeah. By Hillsong, um, you know... Uh, I just walked in and it was, you know, yeah. just, I cannot explain the feeling, but I immediately started weeping Yeah, and I had come home. Yeah. And so through that, within two months, I rededicated my life, got baptized. Yeah. And, um, Let's go. And um, the Lord just started doing literally miraculous things in my life at that yeah. point. And so that was kind of what happened. That's incredible. What was the song? What That was pre-Darlene Check, wasn't no, it? No, that was That Darlene was Darlene Check. Check. Okay. Yes, um, and it is um, The Power of Your Love. All right. Hold me close. Let your wow. love surround me. Yeah. That's so great. That's great. We'll put a link of that in the description for people to listen. That'll be wonderful. So you love Christ. You love Jesus. You're walking with him. Tell us something that you personally, there's a million things to love about Jesus. What's something that you love about Christ? What's Molly love about Jesus? He's constant. Mm, Unpack that. What do you mean? Everything else will fail. Yeah. He will not fail. Amen. End of story. But Molly didn't learn that till her 50s. Yeah. (laughs) So I want to unpack that by saying, Mm. I would love to have said that for, 
you know, a podcast that, you know, well, whatever they call them back in the day, you know, yeah. but uh, no, there, now I can honestly say yeah. he is constant. That's he good. is consistent. He is never failing. Amen. Amen. That's so good. Well, we've been talking this past week. Um, I actually had a phone call earlier um, and asked these questions. Uh, and it has been, it has been almost revolutionary for me just to look at singleness through a biblical perspective. Now, I'm, I'm married. I've got three kids. Uh, there was a season of my life where I, w- I had the gift of singleness and all of that, but I'm also aware that there are cultural influences both outside the walls of the church and inside the walls of the church that sort of define or maybe curate our idea of what singleness is or even what it should be. And so I would love for you to unpack, first of all, the culture outside the church. So outside the four walls of Westside or outside the walls of any church that you've ever been a part of in your life, what has Butler County or Poplar Bluff, Missouri or Plano, Texas, uh, outside the walls of the church, define or frame singleness from your perspective? Could be good or bad. Well, you have to remember when when I hit my singleness was in 2006. Yeah. And so I was in Texas at that time. And so it was a broader perspective. Yeah. You know, it was a spectrum of anywhere from you can't do anything alone, Mm. much less raise children alone. Yeah. So you must find someone. In other words, you better get out there quick because you're getting older. Hmm. You know, and so you won't find anybody. You have to have somebody nobody can be alone. How does that feel when you hear that or even or believe that? It is extremely um, the amount of pressure that yeah. you feel already just being a single parent yeah. or even just being single yeah. is a certain amount of pressure. But that just adds it on. In other words, you feel consistently rejected. You yeah. feel consistently like... Well, I have to get out there, but to get out there sometimes goes against what I believe. Yeah. And so am I supposed to go against what I believe to mm. attain this? And I made some mistakes. You know, yeah. I, in following that, I, um, you know, I made some mistakes. Sure. Yeah. And they, and they were hard mistakes. I even, um, at one point, um, and I'm not afraid to, to share this, but I, I dated someone of a different religion. Mm thinking I could convert him to Christianity yeah. and my whole life would be awesome mm. and we would minister for the Lord. Yeah. Well, no, that wasn't God's plan. That was my plan. Yeah. And so that was what I was hearing from yeah. those voices. And I I didn't know or have the maturity enough to shut the voices off. Yeah, for sure. So you can make a lot of mistakes out there when yeah. you're listening to yeah. the people outside the church. Yeah. Well, and you have, you have an interesting story and, it, and it's, a, it's a common story and it, it's a beautiful story. I would love to hear how how your journey throughout life, what was it like when you entered into that realm and having that gift of singleness again in your life and what, what was going on in your mind and your heart and what were people telling you and all of that? Mainly, I had a group around me because, you know, in the early 2000s, especially if you're involved in a church, yeah. there was a biblical reason for divorce. Yeah. And then there were just people that were divorcing. So yeah. it was almost like if you had a biblical reason for divorce, yeah. you were treated differently than those that maybe did not have a hmm. biblical <laughs> reason for divorce. What are some words you'd use like like I mean I, I think of guilt and shame or condemnation. Oh, were I mean were those things that you experienced? All of those things. And hmm. Here you're sitting here going, but I prayed for my marriage to last. Yeah. And I wanted it to last. So what I chose to do 
after a few mistakes, and, and they were doozies, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I, I went down the wrong way several times. But I chose to just pray for my marriage to be reconciled. Mm. And so that was my prayer every day. And yeah. about a year and a half after that, we attempted a reconciliation. And yeah. I thought God had answered every prayer. Yeah. But instead, it ended up hurting all of us more than mm. the original divorce. So I knew right then that that was not what God wanted for me. Mm. And so you think to yourself, well, where would someone with children go to find a man? Right. Or to find a mate? Yeah. Well, I just went to church. Yeah. Because that's what I, you know, I wanted my children in church, so that's what I did. Yeah. And I just got to a point where <clears throat> I knew that that was where I needed to be. Yeah. And if God wanted to make something happen with someone, it yeah. would happen. It just never did, yeah. <laughs> and that was okay with yeah. me. Yeah, well, I'd love to move into that sphere because, we, like, we've been talking about outside the walls of the church, but then then you found yourself in in this opportunity to bring bring your kids, single mom, into a church environment. What was that like when people were talking to you or maybe hearing your story a little bit about your gift of singleness and the journey that you were on then? What was that like inside the walls of the church? At that time, it was pretty standard in, you know, the mega church was just booming at that time and yeah. those new culture pop words, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of pressure to, if you were called to the ministry and I was in charge of a ministry, well, you really can't do that single. Mm. You need, you know, this is something that um, you want married, you know, we want married people to do or even churches that did not believe women could help run a ministry without a partner or something like that. And so what I found was that if I joined a singles ministry, it was usually led by married Mm. people because it was openly said, if if you all are leading this, single people get into sin. It was never that married people also get into sin or anything like that. But single people, you're probably sinning. So therefore, we have to have an over committee to watch all the single people. (laughs) So there was a marginalization. Oh, big time. Yeah. Wow. So how did that, how did that make you feel? Uh, Well, what it does is it tears you away from the church Mm. and that's what it did for me. Yeah. You know, it it finally got to where I just said, this is not the Jesus I know. So I will just not participate Mm. in any group church. Yeah affiliation, no matter who it was, I had no desire to go. And how long did that wound persist or fester? Um, Fester is maybe the wrong word, but until you decided, hey, maybe I will get involved again. Being totally honest until last January. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. We are beyond grateful for you, Molly. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, and I know that there are like <clears throat> I was talking on the phone earlier, uh, and we'll hear from her a little bit later in the podcast, about how there are several areas um, culturally that the church has has done a poor job or even failed at um, when it comes to drawing truth out of the Scripture and maybe twisting it and conforming it to our own ideas or just blatantly creating our own culture outside extra-biblically and injecting them into the culture of the church. That has done a lot of damage and a lot of harm, and has brought guilt and shame on people. And so if you've ever, if you've heard it, or if you've never heard it, if you've never heard it, let us be the first to say we are deeply sorry that the church has wounded you in that way. 
thank you. Yeah. You know, that was one of my first conversations when I came to this church with Jason. Um, he was the first pastor, like yourself, to say, hey, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. This should not have happened this way. Yeah. And that was hard for me to take because I was like, well, you didn't do it. I don't know why, yeah. <laughs> why are you apologizing for these other people. <laughs> but but I saw his point in that. And yeah. so um, I was dipping my toes in West Side since 2016. Yeah. And there's, you know, there was no one else I courted during that time for a church. There was <laughs> right. for a small brief period. But, yeah. But it was, you know, the way the church came in and, and ministered to me that way was through their women's ministry and things like that. And then I saw, oh, wait a minute, there's other people here just like me. Yeah. This is okay. Yeah. And so I do appreciate that. And I know others hearing it will appreciate it as well. Well, we love you and we appreciate you, Molly. Uh, we've been talking about a new year, new family, and singleness this week. Um, we actually kind of unpacked what singleness isn't, and then we gave it a biblical definition of what singleness is. It's a gift from God. It's right there in 1 Corinthians 7. From uh, It's a gift from God to be stewarded well. First of all, when you heard that definition, what did that do inside of you? Did it change a perspective? Did it offer relief? Did it bring anxiety? Like, what, what were you feeling when you heard, when that big idea popped up on the screen? Like, what went through your mind? Well, I, I was, like, really excited. Yeah. Yeah. So, for me, that was freeing. Yeah. Because it sounds selfish, but when singleness is a gift, then you get to determine what you want to do with it. Yeah. You can be selfish with yeah. it, or you can not. And yeah. so I look at it as, well, what can I do for him? Yeah. You know, how can I do that? That's I don't. Interesting I don't, to me that you say that it's freeing because I, I, we're going to hear later with Carly that she said something very similar. Like, it's it's just interesting to me that there has been this shadow. Like, I think of the I think of the words um, gift as opposed to season. Like season is a church word that we use all the time for anything. Like if you're low on finances, well, it's just a season of, you know, not a season of prosperity or a, a season of, of frugality or whatever. And and seasons have this connotation of like, okay, well, it will end. It's winter. It's dark. It's snowy. It's cold. But spring's coming. And I, I mean, I love the winter. I wish it was winter all year. That's right. just me. But but overall, like seasons carry this this cyclical and, and they have a start and an end to them. And I think when we use that word, we almost do a disservice to the gift that singleness is as a um, when it comes to this is something that God may gift some people their entire lives in a, in a, in a place and a heart of joy, in a place and a heart of thankfulness. And so but was there like, I know you've heard that word, like season of singleness, like, or it's just a season. It's like, well, it's a pat on the back, a thing that we say to people when we want them to, you know, buck up and, and be strong for the next, you know, week or year or however long it is. How does that word, the difference between gift and season, bring you that freeing sense that you were talking about? Well, a season to me has an ending. Yeah. And for me personally, I have embraced that I will be single. Mm. Yeah. I probably will leave this earth single. Yeah. And I'm okay with that now. Yeah. Something happened in the last year in my life that changed how I look at that. So to me, it's no longer a season. It's a gifting. So how am I going to use the gift? Yeah. And so what can I do with that gift? What does that mean for me? How does that um, interpret itself into my daily yeah. life? And so... If you've been in a marriage or a relationship with a non-believer, yeah. and I was, 
then there's a always there's contention. You know, there's always this. Um, I loved what Jason said yesterday about the fighting in the parking lot as you're on your way to church because I was yeah. that person <laughs> and I know that, and I often <clears throat> reflect on that as I am driving, you know, to church. And so I think that there's a freedom there to choose. Yeah. Um, and it's not it's not a selfish thing. It's it's easier for me to run and take a meal to someone in our church that needs it yeah. or outside of our church. It's easier for me to say, hey, you have a leadership thing this Saturday. Let me come watch your kids while yeah. you're there because it makes sense. Do you yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I find that um, if he – here's the thing about singles. Yeah. If, if I have a daughter that's um, 27 yeah. and she does not date and she's in the ministry. Yeah. And as her mother, I will say that there's a part of me that already thought we would have planned a wedding, had children, I'd be a grandmother, all these things. Instead, she's called to the ministry. She has been out of the country recently in countries I I can't even speak about Wow! to minister and bring people to Jesus. And she pointed something out, Mom, when I'm single, if he tells me to go, I can go. So if he calls me to Africa, Tyler, I can yeah. go. Yeah. If he says, no, take a meal, I can go. Yeah. There's nothing that stops me from serving him yeah. when I'm single. That's so good. Well, if, if, if we've said this, singleness is a gift from God to be stewarded well, and you've used a few examples, but what do you think that looks like long-term in your life, or maybe even some concrete examples um, that are just momentarily, moment, momentary? <laughs> well, I just... I get up every morning and I fail. First of all, I'm not on this podcast because I'm like the super single Christian of Westside. There is no such thing. Yeah, we I all do that. <laughs> every day. Yeah, not alone. But I've realized my singleness is meant for something bigger than me. Yeah. And once I focus that on mm. other people, then I don't wally or wallow around in I'm alone. It's, you know, like today used to be the most depressing day of the year for me. Now I woke up and I was like, hey, what are we doing today? You know, <laughs> And so yeah. it's just one of those things. Not every day's like that. There are yeah. dark days. There are still dark days. Mm. But when you look at it from that perspective, it, it takes it off of you yeah. and puts it on something else. Yeah, that's really good. Well, you're leading me right into my next question. Perspective, eternal perspective. We talked about having having two different types of perspective. One of them is limited and it's more uh, current and contextual with our time on this earth and the, and the moments of life that we live versus the eternal perspective. Like we're sojourners here on this earth. This is not our home. We're going to see Jesus one day and we will live in glory with him forever and ever and ever. Amen. How does having, you love Jesus, and we know you love Jesus, and I love that you love Jesus. How does having an eternal perspective, that eternal perspective, set you up better for stewarding this gift of singleness well? For me personally, it's my time. My time is an indicator of my eternal perspective. Yeah. So Mm. for me personally, in the last year, I made a lot of changes in my life. Yeah. I joined a women's group, not wanting to go. My sister dragging me every Monday night ended up falling in love with the women of Westside. Just went to Easter service and just got that additional boost, right? That was was just like the mountaintop. I mean, it was awesome. And then I made some other decisions. I 
I changed my job. And that was very difficult for me because I love working where I'm serving people. But yeah. now guess what? I'm serving people, you know, as well. And then I made a decision to change relationships in my life. In other words, if there was no fruit in yeah. those relationships or those relationships were causing me to be a part of things that I didn't want to be a part of, that mm. I knew I would regret later. Yeah. I have ended those relationships. Yeah. And by the end of the year, I had weeded that out. Yeah. And so for me, what it looks like is a struggle every day. Yeah. I struggle between flesh and God every single day. Yeah. It never fails. Yeah. But for what I do daily, I think, okay, so how will this impact eternally? Yeah. Is this going to have any impact? Is it worth the drama? Is it worth the yeah. stress and anxiety? A lot of the time it isn't. A lot of the time it's just the enemy yeah, coming at you from all over. And you have, you know, you just have to take a breath and be like, that has nothing to do with that. <laughs> so <laughs> right. why am I worried? Yeah. You know? It sounds like 2021 was a big year for you. It, it was a great spiritual growth year for me, I would yeah, say. Yeah, that's incredible. Well, I love that you love Christ more because of 2021 and having that opportunity to steward that gift well and have that as an outcome. I uh, I want to ask, uh, it's it's not in the list of questions that I gave you, but it sort of uh, parallels a lot of what we've been talking about. Do you, in your past, whether it has been inside the walls of the church or outside the walls of the church, have you ever been made to feel or maybe nudged to feel like there's something wrong with you or that, that, that you're doing something wrong or that you're not in God's will because you're not married or doing something like that? That seems to be a common conversation. And when Jason did his poll on Facebook a few weeks back, the, uh, the common theme running through that was, I don't, as, a, as a single person, I am viewed as a marginal, extradited member of society who has not yet arrived to what God has for me. Because everyone's supposed to be married, right? Like everyone has to be like with that significant other and they got to go to K Jewelers and get the ring and they got to have the kids and buy the house and get the fence. And if you're not doing that, living the American dream version gospel of what it is to be a healthy human, then you're doing something wrong or you're weird or something like that. Have you experienced those feelings or emotions? And when you do, how do you seek refuge from those either in the scriptures or in prayer or or is that still up in the air? Like, yeah. It has happened. And yeah. it um, it was devastating because when it when it was said to me where we were attending at the time in Texas yeah. and the way it was carried out, it affected my children as well. So we all felt it. Yeah. And they felt it because their mom was single. Yeah. And so my mother was, um, I, I mean... I, I am I am grateful to God for so many things. Yeah. But my mother, my mother was grounded in the word. And I remember when all of this, this happened and I told her I will never step foot in a church again. Yeah. I will never have my children be made to feel this way. I won't. And she reminded me of Psalm 91. Yeah. And she and I started reading that every night at 9 p.m. till the, mm. till the night she passed away. Wow. And I would read that over my children, and yeah. I would read it and put their names in it. And that gave me the peace to not stop believing in God. Yeah. I, I knew he was out there, and I walked away from him in those years. Yeah. However, 
I would still read that verse every night. And yeah. and my mother, the one thing she kept saying was, you know, his love never fails. You're yeah. dealing with earthly love, but his love never fails. He yeah. is your constant. He is your consistency because yeah. that's what she found. And so the pain was deep. In fact, I'll, I'll be very honest. My kids, you know, they don't like me talking about them, but I have three children and two of them will not walk in a church again. Mm. Now, I don't say that in the name of Jesus, I rebuke that. But yeah. my point is I pray every day that two of them will feel like they can yeah. because the hurt was so deep. And yeah. that was all over single mom, da, 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 yeah. you know, all these things that we weren't good enough for them. Hmm. And so it was really great to hear of churches that can't even fathom a church saying or doing those yeah. things to people. And that's what I love. Yeah, I'm not here to church bash or to, to bring up churches, but I've not found a church in Poplar Bluff that has that theory. And mm. I love that. Yeah. I love the fact that I do believe singles are welcome. And yeah. I do believe that with kids, without kids, whatever, they are welcome. Yeah. And if they're not, we have a great church, come see us, because yeah. I never felt that at Westside. Mm. And so that was part of me getting back into church was because wow. I didn't feel that. Yeah, well, that that's that's such good news to hear. I'm so thankful yeah. to hear that. Everyone's got a seat at the table. Everybody does. Yeah, Everyone's And part of the time, the Tyler, table. we're the ones that take the seat away ourselves. Yeah. We don't want to see the seat. Yeah, yeah. But everyone well, tables has get ta- mealtime gets messy, man. Yeah, <laughs> tables are tables are a place of fun and joy, but they get messy, and there's some time for cleanup too. Um, I th- I really find it interesting. J- Jason used a passage where Jesus is is in communication with with some guys who study the law, and they are essentially trying to trap him, being like, "Hey, if I marry a woman, and then I die, and then my brother marries her, and then he dies, and over and over again, whose wife is she in the resurrection?" And they're trying to trap him and trick him into saying something silly, and. What's interesting to me is that Jesus Jesus says that in glory, men and women are not given to marriage in one another after we leave our earthly bodies and we die. Like we're like angels, not with like 10,000 eyes and feathers and wings and stuff and all that, but that our focus and our attention, all of our loves are reordered to the one direction that they need to be in towards Jesus for all eternity. So I would argue, even as the antithesis of the argument of the things that you heard in the past, you're living more now like we'll all live in glory than most of us are at married and having kids and stuff. So I'm uh, super thankful for, for that word that you spoke about um, Westside, and, and that was good news to me for me to hear. Thank you for that. In what ways do you find yourself tempted so like we've been talking about eternal perspective and and how that sets up sets us up for stewarding, stewarding singleness well. On the opposite side of that, what ways do you find yourself maybe tempted with this gift that you've been given to use it in building your own kingdom? Every single day. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm serious. I mean, I yeah, would love yeah. to say, oh, the devil made me do it. But at the end, it's just me. Yeah. I make those decisions and I've made some doozies. Yeah. And I can't tell you that today I won't make one. I can't tell you that um, I didn't make one yesterday. Yeah. But I know they won't be successful. And sometimes I will find myself continuing to, to build that kingdom knowing the wall is going to fall down. Yeah. And then the wall falls down and I'm like, <laughs> Jesus, why, why? And sometimes, I don't know, people say they can hear the Lord different ways, but sometimes I hear him in my voice. Yeah. And when he comes through, it's like, dude, I told you. <laughs> you knew better. You felt it. You yeah. knew not to do that. And so it's, um, I think realistically, and I'm saying this not just for me, but I, I have had some friends pray over this today. 
and yeah. they're all my single friends and they're all, I would call us older, but not old. <laughs> so one thing that I think in building our own kingdom is there's so much pressure out there yeah. to not, as we discussed earlier, not be alone. Right. That when you do get lonely, you find yourself maybe running and doing things you wouldn't normally do. Yeah. And so it's just really important that you keep yourself grounded with people yeah. that aren't going to let you get too far out there. Yeah, community's I'm, huge. I'm, I'm lucky that my community, my my five, my fab five girls, they all go to Westside. Yeah. And I'm very lucky that um, they are the ones that will rein me in. And yeah. they've reined me in from some doozies. I struggle like and I and I hope it's okay to say this because I think that the whole reason um, that that I'm here today is because I want to be really real. Yeah, you know we're women. Yeah, we're men out there. There are still bars. There are still right. dating sites. There's this whole, I mean, there's this whole world out there for single people. And the minute you go there, you know, you'll get on Christian mingle thinking I'm going to yeah. find a pastor and we're going to have a church and we're going <laughs> to, yeah. and then you find the same guy on Grinder or yeah. another place or somewhere else. And you're like, okay, well, wait a minute. And yeah. that's when you have to go, okay, I'm not going to build my own kingdom in my own relationships. I'm not going to build yeah. my own kingdom here. I'm going to stop and go, what do you want me to do today? Yeah. And that's what you have to do, or else that's just a cycle you yeah. will not get out of. Well, I love what you said. It's almost like the antidote for um, the antidote for selfishness in the gift of stewarding in the gift of singleness is community. Mm-hmm. Is to surround yourself with people, other people who love Christ, yeah. other people who love and know Jesus. To, and this is no different for anyone else who has any other different kind of gift that God has given them. If you're married, if you have, if you have kids, if you're a single parent, if you don't have kids, like it is, we are we are designed and created in the image and likeness of God, who in and of himself is a triune loving community. And so we bear and reflect that image. And part of God's design and his goodness and his mercy is to walk in that community together. And so I'm so thankful to hear that you still have the Fab Five and you guys are going strong. Oh, yeah. we're, we're going good. That's yeah, so great. That's good. so great. So what what are some practical ways that you like that you could share with um, us that, that you some Let's talk boots on the ground. Like if it's a six a.m. like devotional time, or if it's serving at Breadshed or something like that. Like, what are some ways that you see you have the availability to utilize this gift to build God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven in your life? Well, I think it's very um, clear. I can't build His kingdom if I don't know Him, yeah. and I don't know Him if I don't get to know Him. I won't get to know Him if I don't get in His Word, mm. and um, I try to. Um, understand that I can't really build this kingdom if I don't know what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Now, I want you to be, I want to be very clear with you. I am not in my Bible every day. I get yeah. in it a lot on the weekends and I do better with small daily yeah. reading, the worship thing that Jason sent to us. Yeah. I printed all that out. I have it in a binder. That's been great for me this year because it's yeah. kept me in the word at least three days weekly. I'll yeah. say not five or seven, like I need to be yeah. but three. Um, and then again, it, it comes down to, Sometimes I get up and my sister Christy is known to call me before eight o'clock on Saturdays and it just drives me nuts. But if she hasn't called by eight with what our daily plans are on a Saturday, I am known to get up and say, okay, 
It's me and you today, God. What are we doing? Yeah. And I do it during the week, too. So I find that if I'm volunteering places, like I do volunteer at the bread shed, I love to, part of my job is I get to go to those things and do those things in the community. Saturday night, I volunteered with Foster.Connect. And what we want to do is put ourselves around those positive things that keep us out of other places. So I do try to do that. I'm not perfect, but I still try to do those things if I can. That's great. One of the things that I love about the kingdom of God, like at the end of the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says, and on earth as it is in heaven, not in the church as it is in heaven or just in the church, like the totality of the globe. It's not just within the four walls of the church. It's at your job. It's at Breadshed. It's with everybody you interact with on a daily basis and the regular routines of your life. And so I I think there's almost this stigma of like, if you want to do something for the kingdom of God, it's got to be in the walls of a church. And that's just not true. That's just not true. The the dreams and the the things that God has put in you um, that you love and that you're passionate about are things that God brings his kingdom and works in his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So I'm so thankful to hear that both inside, you serve tremendously inside the church. You just popped on the worship team too, which is super awesome. It was fun. It's been a lot of fun. You're really gifted. They have a great voice. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Both outside the walls of the church as well. And I think that's a really healthy thing that we see you doing in your life and that you're communicating to us this morning here, which is really, really great. Well, we're coming up on the end of our list of questions here. I've got one last thing, and then we are going to uh, get on the phone with Carly, another friend of ours, and ask some similar questions. But before we go, if you could give like a blessing or an encouraging word, maybe to people out there who are single within or outside the church that may have that that condemned view of like, maybe there's something wrong with me or I'm not in God's will, um, or maybe they're viewed as like, it's a curse or a handicap or something like that, like, which is just ridiculous. But if you could give a blessing or an encouraging word to those people, what would you say? Well, I'm going to start it off a little different. Yeah. And the reason why is because I want to speak to those out there that are, that have spoke to me about loneliness. Yeah. And Singleness is dark, Mm. and a lot of people believe that, well, they have their kids or they have this or they have this. They're they're not really lonely. Singleness is very dark, and until you have been in your home alone, knowing no one is coming to check on you, Mm. that no one knows where you are, and that the only thing in your home are the cracks and the the sounds the house make, and you're sitting there wondering why, yeah, Lord. What, why do you have me on this earth if this is my life right now? Mm. Until you've done that, you don't experience the darkness of singleness. Mm. But what in return happens is there are a lot of people that I've spoken to personally that have yeah. said sometimes, you know, what do you do when you're just sitting there and you feel so horrible that you're just waiting on the sun to come up? Mm. And I revert back to the old Bill Gaither song, Jesus, Jesus, there's something about that name. When I get to that point, I utter one word, and it's Jesus. Because Mm. the minute I utter his word, anything evil has to flee. And I also thrive upon worship. One thing you realize, you probably don't realize that you did a few weeks ago, you introduced a new song, Do It Again. Yeah. Think about this as a single person walking around these walls. I thought by now they'd fall, but Mm. you have never failed me yet. I know this night won't last. Your word will come to pass. You have never failed me yet. Um, And I'll sing your praise again. And then the chorus, your promise still stands great as thy faithfulness. You know, when you 
have worship as part of your daily routine if you're a music person. Yeah. Even if you're not. Yeah. That worship can pull you out of that darkness. Mm. Anyone that has told someone they are not worthy because of singleness, that is straight from the pit of hell. Amen. And you have to remember that there are scriptures that say you are not those things. And so there is light outside of that tunnel. Yeah. I... I chose to stay in the tunnel of bitterness, anger, and why, 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 why for yeah. so many years. And in the last year when God released me of that, everything yeah. changed. And so I urge you to reach out. Yeah. Um, for me, it started a few years ago at Westside when a young mom of two, Kayla Bates, invited me to coffee yeah. on a Facebook post. And I thought she'd probably email me and go, no, you're too old. I don't want to go to coffee with you. (laughs) But I went to coffee with them. And what I found was that I still missed being around children and the joy of that. So I just started being in the nursery at church. And I just started volunteering there. Once you get outside yourself, because let's be clear, when we get that down, we aren't trusting Jesus. All it takes is We've all seen that picture on Facebook where Jesus is on top of the water and there's a hand coming out of the water right. and they're pulling him. You got to call on his name. Yeah. Just call on his name. Say, hey, I yeah. need you to be my significant other. Um, I think that people think that um, their prayer life has to be something spoken like, you know, maybe a, a pope or a, a yeah. religious official. Yeah. My prayer life is very simple. It's like, please, what are we doing today? Or get right. me out of this. I made a mistake. I mean, I heard a guy once say, if you can talk, you can pray. Exactly. And <laughs> yeah. that's all Jesus wants us to do is yeah. to have a conversation. Yeah. And so there is so much hope. Yeah. And don't be afraid just to call out his name because yeah. the minute that you call out his name, he is right there. Amen. And um, I used to hear all the time, Jesus is your husband. And I didn't like that. Mm. But I will say, Jesus is my significant other. And I have no <laughs> problem with that. But he also knows that that may mean I don't always do things like my significant other would yeah. want me to do. And I'm not giving anyone free liberty to do that. But yeah. to me, there is a difference in the way we our hearts are and the way we prepare our hearts, it's harder to do things that hurt him yeah. when our hearts are right. Mm. And Lord knows I've hurt him enough. Yeah. But that's good. Not everyone's perfect. Yeah. And there's a lot of people at not just our church, but in town that yeah. you know have great um stories, just like you and I are talking yeah. today, that all you gotta do is reach out. Yeah. You know, and say, hey, and I know I have reached out to the church before and said, hey, who's somebody I should hang out with? And then I got Donna, and I love Donna. (laughs) Donna and I do all kinds of things together, and she always laughs because she's keeping me out of trouble is what she says. So, (laughs) so you know, there are people out there, and there's a lot of of joy to be found in singleness. Figure out what your joy is. Yeah. And play with that till you figure out what it is, and be joyful and be single. It's okay. Yeah. That's good. That's a good word. That's a good word. Well, you talked about darkness and you talked about light. And one of my favorite, my favorite Psalm is Psalm 27. And I want to read that um, as we close out our time together. Um, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, it's my adversaries and foes who stumble and fall. And though an army comes against me, my heart won't be afraid. Though war rises against me, I will be confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, 
to gaze upon his beauty and to inquire in his temple. I love that. And I just think it's so appropriate for con- concluding our conversations. Molly, thank you so much well, for, for coming and being honest. Thanks for watching our kids. <laughs> you, hey, you, no problem. Our kids love you. You watch our kids and we, they are thankful for that. And so are we. Um, and thank you again for being honest. We are going to switch over and receive a phone call that we are getting from a friend of ours named Carly. And so we will bounce over to her and we will say goodbye to you, Molly. Molly, thank you so much. Thank we appreciate you. it. All right, and here joining us, we have Carly. Carly, thanks for calling in and joining us on the rest of the sermon. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's a, it's a morning on a Monday, and I've got my coffee, and I'm rolling through, so we're doing oh. good. We're doing great. So, Carly, uh, thank you so much again. Um, as, as we've been talking about, we just spoke with uh, Molly, our friend, and, and uh, Molly gave us some great insights um, on what it is to steward singleness well. And we wanted to kind of pick your brain and ask you some questions in the same avenue in regards to Sunday Sermon on this podcast today. So if you're cool with that, we'd love to go through some questions with you right now. Sure, that'd be great. Awesome, great. Well, the first and most important thing that I think uh, is very valuable, we want to hear your testimony, um, as long or as short and concise as you have, to tell us how the Lord saved you. All right. Well, um, I actually became a Christian at a really young age. I think I was about five, Yeah. um, and I started having those questions. My mom took my sister and I to church, and... um, you know, having the basic questions that a five-year-old has, who yeah. is Jesus, and all of that, yeah. you know. And um, so it started then, and I really do think I became a Christian then. But just with time, I feel like my love for Jesus has developed and the understanding of Christianity has grown. But yeah. um, I think, like, in the past six and a half, seven years, that's when it's really become clear to me that it's more of a relationship. Yeah. Um, I tend to beat myself up about not being able to um, do the right thing or I tie it to work quite a bit. And I think around the, like I said, six and a half, seven years ago, I started to see, oh, it's not necessarily about that. It's yeah. about his grace and working from there. So oh, that's great. That's I, kinda, what yeah. do you think happened in the last six to seven years that kind of opened your eyes to that more of a relationship and a love for Christ um, well, in your journey? Oh, no, there was a definitely a big point. Um, I had moved away and was just finished college, and I had what I thought was my dream job, but I focused so much on my work and my goals that I let my faith just really kind of go on the back burner, mm. and I just kind of hit a moment where it was like, no matter what I do, my life doesn't feel like being fulfilled. And so, um, long story short, I moved back home and, um, to my hometown and got back in my home relationship with Christ. Yeah. Too. So I think that's kind of what happened. That's so anything. great. So, knowing, knowing yeah. Jesus and growing in him is like coming home. That's awesome. Uh, it is. Well, t- it is. tell us yeah. something, Carly, that you love about Jesus. What's something you, I mean, there's, there are endless things to love about Christ, but from your perspective, what's something you love about Jesus? Oh, um, just the grace. I'm able to cut myself some slack every once in a while because I, I put a lot of pressure on myself in a variety of things, especially my job and just knowing that his grace is there. And yes, I am human and he's, you know, the one that's in control 
and he understands. So just having that is probably the best. Thing yeah, for me. absolutely. That's a yeah. that, that's an yeah. that's a wellspring of peace. That sounds like good yes. news. That's super yes. great. Well, well, the context as we've been talking about uh, for this last week's sermon was stewarding singleness well, and we wanted to reach out um, to a couple people in our church who who are are living in that gift, that gift of singleness. And so, I wanted to pick your brain on a few things um, that we had asked Molly as well. We know that there are these like pervasive views that kind of weave their way through culture, both inside the church and outside the church. And I want to ask you, how, how has the culture outside the church defined or maybe framed singleness from your perspective? Yeah, from my perspective, I was thinking a lot about this. And um, I feel like there's two things that have really occurred to me. Um, first, I feel like our society views my singleness as the opportunity to just live life to the fullest. Yeah. And do whatever I want to do and I have nothing tying me down. So, um, I feel like people sometimes view it that way. Um, now I also feel like just being in a small town, um, sometimes I feel like people almost view it as like, there may be something wrong with me too, oh, yeah. because I don't, yeah. Cause I don't fit the norm yeah. of like having a family. So it's kind of a combination of that. Either people are really envious or they're like, what's going on with you to where <laughs> you're not in a relationship. Oh man. So, How is like, yeah. I, I, no, so I was, my wife and I have been married for for a long time now, but there there was a, a season of my life in singleness when I was younger, and I felt that same way, but I was not necessarily in a rural environment. Like, I lived in Dallas-Fort yeah. Worth before I moved to a college, a huge college town in northern Colorado in 2008, and the small town vibe here, I can absolutely understand where you're coming from of like, like, yes, they're on the personal side outside of the walls of the church. It's like, hey, you're, you don't have any strings attached. There's nothing tying you down. You're free to move about your life and to chase and run after the things that you want to unfettered. Uh, but then also the small, the small town like, like uh, vibe and, and maybe, I don't know, culture that's here can sort of look at you and be like, Hey, are you okay? <laughs> like, right, like, right, and that, right. And what does that stir in you? I mean, I know we had a Facebook poll a couple weeks back or last week where Pastor Jason asked a question for singles only to answer, like, what are what are some thoughts on singleness and stewarding it well? And that was like a pervade that that was something that I saw through all of those comments that was quite frequent. People were actually almost like defending and saying, hey, a lot of people think that there's something wrong with us, but we may actually yes. enjoy our singleness. Like, is where do you find yourself in that? Do you feel, like, obstructed by that and, like, maybe agreeing with the culture of saying, what's wrong with you? Are you okay? Or are you on the other side of being like, hey, I actually enjoy this. This is a gift. This is a good thing. Where are you on that line? I mean, I'll admit, I have my days where sometimes I go, well, maybe there is something wrong with me because, um, Sometimes it's like being in the smaller town, you're just surrounded by, you know, family relationships. And um, yeah. it's a beautiful thing. I think it's wonderful. But um, I also, I really do. I enjoy the opportunities that I have because I don't have, you know, a family or anything. And if that comes my way, that would be wonderful to have. But I'm not really like getting down on myself or anything because yeah. I don't have the gift of a family. So, yeah. um, and I didn't, 
I start to kind of reflect on like, because I moved to Springfield, Missouri and don't get me wrong. That is very family oriented out there too, but I was in college and like nobody really questioned your marriage status or anything like that. And then when you're here, it's kind of like, that's one of the first questions people ask. And you're, it just, sometimes it takes you aback a little bit because you're, you are really happy with your life. And then you go, Oh, well, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm not in a relationship and that is kind of different from a lot of people around here. One of the things my wife and I noticed when we moved here almost nine years ago was that like in a, in small town America, there's, it seems like the most common thing to do, like when you're younger is to like go back in the woods and party. And then when you get older is to like get married and have a ton of babies and there's not a lot That's else. That's exactly that, it. Yeah. <laughs> so I can see that. Yeah. I can see it, especially from outside the walls of a church, um, in, in rural America that those being, um, right. yeah, I, I can affirm that. I see that in you. I, what a healthy perspective that you have for that as well, to enjoy the gift that God's given you. I love that you phrased it that way. Let's talk about the culture inside the church. Like, I know that the we, we live in Poplar Bluff, Missouri, small-town America, outside the church. Those are kind of the views. But how is the culture inside the church defined or formed singleness from your perspective, either on a positive or negative or both uh, part of the spectrum? Well, I will be honest. A lot of the perspective was negative before this week's sermon. Mm-hmm. I was really curious to see what Jason would say because— a lot of the sermons that I've been, that I've ever listened to or anything like that has been a lot about, um, if you are single, this is like a particular season in your life that God is using to prepare you for marriage. Hmm. And as I get older, um, like I said before this sermon, I've always questioned, well, what about, um, if, if I, I don't, the season doesn't end so to speak you know what if i don't get married um is there something that um god hasn't quote-unquote fixed in me or does Mm. god not see me in a the ability to be in a relationship so it's been kind of skewed from that i think people have good intention you know because people will say oh i'm i'm praying that a good christian man comes your way and um I appreciate that because if I am going to get married, obviously that's what I would like to have. <laughs> right, but, yeah. um, you know, but sometimes you go, well, that may not happen, <laughs> you yeah. know, so that may not be where I, you know, where I end up. Yeah. So it's, um, it can get a little um, overwhelming at times. And For sometimes sure. you can start to question, like I said, is there something wrong with me? Is there still something that God needs to work within me because clearly um a significant other hasn't crossed paths with me so yeah, maybe sure. still, you know yeah you know maybe there's something that needs to be worked out so that's yeah. kind of what i've experienced in in the past well, more I, than anything i've no, i've noticed that I, thank you for your honesty in that and thank you for sharing that I, i've noticed yeah. that there are several several avenues and walks of the faith inside the church culturally that that we have either skewed um, the true intention um, uh, or or meaning of the scriptures, um, or just shoved in uh, our own cultural idea and ideologies that 
that have really done a lot of damage. And this is one of those areas that, that I think that's happened. And so on behalf of the church of Jesus Christ, if no one's ever apologized to you for wounding you in those areas, let me be the first to say we love you and we're sorry. That is not the perspective that, that uh, we believe the Bible teaches about singleness and the perspective that God's kingdom has for uh, the gift of singleness that you have and that others have as well. So, but thank you. Wow. Thank well, you. thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, the kingdom of God is not divisive and it's not about shame or guilt. <laughs> like, like it's uh, this, everyone's right. welcome at the table, right? Like married or not. Right. And yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for your honesty in that. But one of the things that Pastor Jason uh, brought to us from the scriptures in 1 Corinthians 7 was we said singleness is a gift from God to be stewarded well. What do you think that looks like in your life, Carly? Like if you were, if this, if now this, this healthy biblical perspective is not that singleness is a season, but it's actually just a gift that God has given you to steward well, what does that look like in your life? Well, and that concept is very fresh for me. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I had not real, like I said, I had never really realized that it was a gift until this sermon. And well, before, before uh, we, before you answer that, then can I ask yeah. you how, like, how did that feel? Did that feel, did that sentence feel like good news to you? Like what was stirred yeah, in you when you heard that? Um, it was just kind of a sigh of relief um, because I was like, oh, well, maybe this, maybe there isn't something wrong with me, you yeah. know, or maybe, you know, or maybe this so-called season isn't necessarily a season. Maybe it's just what um, God has planned for me in my life. And yeah. I don't know, viewing it as a gift makes it a lot more positive. And I don't know, I just start thinking about, well, then how can I use this gift? You know, yeah. what um, clearly, um, not that children are a bad thing. Like I said, I think that having children is wonderful, but I don't have that and yeah. I don't have that responsibility. So um, there's other opportunities within the church and the community for me to um, help out and just kind of um, make it aware that it is all about Jesus. It's not about it, you know, anything else. Yeah, more than anything. absolutely. So. Well, we're, we're grateful for all the ways that you serve and all the ways that you're engaged at Westside, and we love seeing you and having you around. And there there is no lie. My wife and I have three kids, and they're all under five years old, and yeah. we love them to death, and there is nothing we would do to change our story. However, they do change your story. Like, they, they, oh, they, yeah. they make things, they change the avenue and the path of the from shifting from that gift of singleness to the gift of marriage and family. And and it absolutely um, doesn't impede, but it has an impact on your daily schedule and what you're able to contribute and to do on a regular basis. So, so uh, I com- yes. yeah, I completely understand and hear what you are saying. I mean, before, before my wife and I got married, um, I, I, every single thing that had to do with church, we always just said yes to because we could. <laughs> like, like we, we, didn't, right. we didn't have any responsibility. I mean, our parents were paying half our bills at the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, thanks, Mom. <laughs> we, uh, no, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. yeah. Shout out to parents who help out. That's right. For sure. Right. <laughs> so so I, I hear what you're saying, and, and I'm grateful for that perspective. And I think that that is an, an absolutely 
healthy biblical way to steward that well, involvement in community and servanthood and all of that connection. I think that's a great way um, for, for that to be played out and stewarded well in your life. Um, you love Jesus, and we know that. You told us how the Lord saved you, and just in the last like half a decade or a little bit more, there's been like this stirring on a personal level in a relationship with Christ. So you love Jesus. Right. So how does having? So we know you have an eternal perspective, an eternal perspective mm-hmm. on on not just life here on planet Earth as we're sojourning on our way to the kingdom of God in eternity. How does having an eternal perspective? set you up for steward, stewarding this gift of singleness well? Well, I, um, well, when we just talked about eventually, you know, reaching heaven and, um, I just feel like, um, my goals in life just kind of have shifted a little bit when I view the, the big picture of, you know, when we leave this earth and everything. Um, I think it's very easy myself included to set goals saying like, I want to have this job and I would like to have this kind of relationship and have, you know, this many children. And I think that stuff is beautiful, but in the end, you have to make sure, you know, is that working towards, um, reflecting God's love and having the viewpoint of the big picture of, you know, heaven. And so, um, just coming to terms with, maybe this picture of what my life is supposed to look like is not matching up to what Jesus has for me. Mm -hmm. I think, um, just kind of realizing, you know, just hand it over to him, just let him take care of it and just view the big picture of this world is temporary, but heaven is not. So just, and, and to just share that love that he has given me and that grace is, he has given me with others. So yeah, I think that's the big thing more than anything. That's so, good. And I, if I can use my singleness for that, then yeah. I guess that's what I need to do. Right. <laughs> so, right. Well, yeah. and what's, what's great. Jason quoted this, um, from Jesus, one of Jesus's sermons on Sunday morning. Um, when, when Christ is talking about the resurrection and he's sort of combating like these guys who are trying to trap him and, and put him in a box and they didn't believe in the resurrection or maybe they did, but they were trying to, trying to, coax Jesus into saying something that he shouldn't say or whatever, but but Jesus said that they're not that they're neither given in marriage or married to one another in heaven. Um, they're actually uh, they're all they're all single. <laughs> they're like they're like right. angels, not with ten thousand eyes and feathers, but like that. There's no <laughs> there's no eternal partner. Like here here on earth, with marriage reflects the goodness of God's love for the church and Christ in the church. Uh, but actually, you're living right now with the gift that's that God's given you, and the way that we're all going to live when we see Jesus in eternity and in glory. Like that's that's right. And I, yeah. I, that's wild to me. I've never, I never thought of it like that until yeah. he mentioned all of that. And it, I was like, oh, okay. So yeah. just be content with what's going on in your life right now. Because yeah. in the end, it's not about this earth. It's about when we get to heaven. Yeah, so, we're going to see him, yeah. man. That's going to be awesome. Well, we, we're talking about yeah. kingdoms, and, and we talked about the temptation to either build our own kingdom or to build God's kingdom with the gift that we've been mm-hmm. given, whether it's gift of marriage and family or gift of singleness or other gifts in life. In what ways do you find yourself tempted to maybe build your own kingdom um, it, with the with use, utilizing the gift that God's given you? Well, um, I think I can tend to be selfish with my time because, mm. um, you know, because quote unquote, I don't have any responsibilities as, yeah. you know, people may view. And so 
it's very easy to get that in your head. When you say you selfish think, well, with your time, do you mean do you yeah. mean like like Netflix and popcorn or, or like or well, like, not, not to get too like personal ingrained in your day to day schedule? But like, what are some what are some differences? Like, what are some things that you would view as being selfish with your time? Well, I mean, I, I'm going to be real. I um, I do a lot with the theater and within the community, yeah. and um, I'm passionate about my students. So anytime there's an activity related to that stuff, I'm very quick to say, yes, I do it. Yeah. I'll do it. I have time, you know, and um, but I'm starting to notice, like, if it comes to other things, say, with the church or anything else, I'm not as quick to say, yes, I'll do it, you know, because it's just, um, it goes back to me, you know, and it goes back to what do, what is going to benefit me now or give me happiness in this moment. And so it's very quick to go back to that lifestyle in in college of just enjoying trying new things and, uh, you know, exploring different opportunities, but not you know, sadly, Jesus should be the first thing that comes to my mind, but sure, he doesn't yeah. always come to the first yeah. thing well, to my mind. I want to so. affirm. I want to affirm and encourage you. At the end of the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said, um, "On earth as it is in heaven, not at church like it is in heaven." Right. Like at at yeah. church is is a part of on earth, but He wants us to to live this kingdom life in our vocation and in our passions and all of that. And so I think that's an awesome op- opportunity with the, the with the theater and the students that you love so much and that you're devoted to, to build and, and see the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven in that environment as well. So I don't think that's a bad thing, right. but, but I would, uh, yeah, I, I, I would say, I think that's actually a great thing. So, with a well, diff- with a different perspective of bringing Christ right, into that and, yeah. and all of that, I think you you hear what I'm saying. But um, I don't, we oh, don't absolutely. ever want to build like yes, we want people to be in community and we want people serving inside the church and in all of the offshoots that that come out of the church. But that is not the sole purpose of life, and that is not the only way that we serve in the kingdom of God. And so we don't right. we don't ever want people to feel guilt or shame for well, I'm you know. I'm doing stuff with theater and the students and I may be talking to a student about Jesus, but that means I can't help out with West side youth. Like and we don't, we don't want to be like, Hey, you need to say no to all oh. those students over there and come over to West side youth and say hi to these kids. Like, right. Yeah. But I also think too, my, um, even when I'm doing those activities, like you said, it should be a reflection of Christ. Yeah. And I think just having this, desire to do all these different things sometimes you can get focused on well the outcome should reflect me not necessarily him so absolutely that perspective is what yeah. needs to happen a little bit more well, so how do so. how do you see yourself on the on the flip side of that question in what ways do you see yourself um maybe now or in the future building god's kingdom in your life with this gift well i like i said i think i just need to do like simple everything day things like when I'm at school or at at work it is school (laughs) but um, it's so easy to just get caught up in what do I need to accomplish what you know me 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 whereas I need to serve my students just like and provide grace to them just like he does in my day-to-day life so um, just trying to calm down on all the stressors and just focus on the opportunities that he has given me. Yeah. I think more than anything. That's good. That's good. I have to work on. I I think, I think of Jesus when he says that you're the light of the world and you don't put it under, you don't, you don't 
put it in the center of the house and, and cover it with some sort of covering, but you place it in the center of the house and you let it shine and fill the house with light. Like that, right. that, is, that is the picture that I'm getting in my head of like, you have this light, like you are a light in the world in darkness and in the, you could choose to either, either cover it and keep the light for yourself, or you can take off that covering and that shade and let it illuminate everything around you, especially at school Absolutely. and with students and all of that. That's yeah. super great. And and we need reminders of that. Yeah. Like, or, you know, that that's what it is more than anything. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we, we love sharing good news at Westside. And so the last thing that I would love for you to do is if you could give a blessing or some kind of encouraging word to people who may view singleness as like a curse or a handicap or what's wrong with <laughs> me. Like, what would you say to them? How would you encourage them and how would you bless them? I think the first thing is it's like just breathe, cut yourself some slack because mm. um, your idea of your plans may not match up to God's plans, but mm. that's okay because in the end, his plans for your life are so much better and so much more satisfying. So I think that's one of the first things. And then I just, I keep thinking in my head over and over the only like true relationship status that I need to focus on is the relationship that I have with Christ more yeah. than anything. So, um, and if that is a strong relationship, then the rest is going to like fall into place and everything's in the end, everything's just going to be okay. If you just trust in God's plan for yeah. your life more than anything. So that's good. Carly that's, sounds like it's all about Jesus. <laughs> it is. It really yeah. is. Once you just realize that, um, a lot of, I'm not saying everything is thick, you know, I, right. but a lot of burdens and pressure that you put on yourself is lifted quite a bit. So that's so great. Uh, that's so great. Well, th I'm so thankful to hear about this biblical perspective offering like a breath of fresh air. And you even said it in your blessing, like your encouraging word, like take a breath, like it's okay. Like yeah. I, I love that perspective. And I love that just time and time again, when we come to the scriptures, we see them as the psalmist says, rivers of living water that we can plant our roots of our, of our life down next to and see our life flourish and live a life of joy because we see what, what God's intended design is for the world. And we see that in the scriptures. And I'm so thankful to hear that that gave you a new perspective that removed some shame and some guilt and brought forth like joy and peace in your heart. And this, yes. yeah, super thankful, and I'm for, thankful that. for a church. I'm thankful for a church that does that. I think that's wonderful. Amen. So it's been a blessing. I Amen. think Papa Bluff has been very blessed <laughs> yeah. to have that kind of sermon. So Oh, yeah. man. Well, we thank you so much for calling in, Carly. We appreciate your perspective. We appreciate your honesty. And thank you so much for who you are and all of what you do for Westside and for the community in Poplar Bluff. We love you, Carly. Thank well, you so much. Well, thank, thank you. Thanks for asking. Yeah. It was a good conversation. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Well, we're going to okay. let you go, and I'm going to close up the podcast. So uh, thank you again. Thank you so much. And uh, I'll, I'll catch up with you later, and I'll, I'll give you a fist bump on Sunday and say good job for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. Thanks, Carly. Enjoy your day. You so, too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, everybody. That was Carly from Our Church Westside. Thank you so much, Carly, again, for joining us and for being honest um, and for answering those questions. Uh, thank you guys again for joining us for the rest of the sermon. I want to read uh, from 2 Peter chapter 1, uh, from verses 3 through 7, to kind of close us out. It says, His divine power 
has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, Make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful, in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is good news for us. Thanks again for listening in to the rest of the sermon. If you have any questions about this podcast or this series or the Bible or anything, please send those questions in to info at westsidepb.org. We would love to answer those live here on the podcast. We are going to be concluding on the next couple of weeks our New Year New Family series. So next week, this coming Sunday, gentlemen, husbands, you're going to get it. We're going be, we're going to be talking about husbands and what it is to love your wife as Christ loved the church and to give yourself up for your wives and how that is a beautiful reflection of how Christ loves his church. So you're not going to want to miss that. You can catch that live in person at Westside at 10 a.m. this Sunday at our gathering, or you can catch us online on Facebook Live uh, as well at 10 a.m. And you can listen to this podcast or catch up on previous sermons on our website at westsidepb.org, or you can catch them on anywhere you listen to podcasts or this podcast channel that you're listening to as well. Thanks again for joining us for the rest of the sermon. That's going to do it for us for today. We love you. And as always, may everything that we say and do be all about Jesus. Blessings, and we will catch you later.